Welcome to A Journey to Inner Wisdom. I'm Crystal Cotto Sullivan and the host of, the po- of this podcast. In this podcast, I will explore wisdom, particularly the tools, the, the practices, the guides that assist and nurture us on our journey to our inner w- wisdom. Sometimes wisdom is extraordinary, but often it's the everyday wisdom that impacts us the most if we are aware and paying attention. As with any journey, there are many ways to get to where we're going. In this journey to inner wisdom, there are tools, practices, paths, possibilities, guides, and mentors. Some we search for, some we bump into, and some are set down plunk in front of us, even if we don't want them. I will explore some of these tools and practices, paths and possibilities, and interview guides and mentors who may have an influence on your journey. I use the word tools because in whatever we do, we have some kinds of tools. Carpenters have tools, chefs have tools, artists have tools, teachers have tools. Maybe not in a box, but certainly in a file. So too, there are tools for this journey. And we all have a different journey. What may strike one of us that may, may not resonate with someone else? And our task is to be aware and awake in order to notice the invitations that are in front of us. Today, I'm speaking with Devani Peters, who has an amazing life journey, and she has said yes to many invitations that have put, been put in front of her. So welcome, Devani. Oh, thank you. It's, I'm happy to be here. That's great. I'm glad that you're here. So Devani, I'm fascinated by your journey, and you have uh, written it in a book, and we'll talk more about your book at the end of the podcast, but you woke up to your life one day and you found that you were living, I'm going to say someone else's life. And -hmm. in this new awareness, you began to explore what beliefs were yours and what beliefs you had just appropriated from your family, from your culture, your religion, your cure and, and et cetera. And your curiosity has led you on an amazing journey. So would you start by telling us a bit about your life before your awakening? Well, um, just to give you uh, the title of my book is From Mennonite to Yogi. So I come from a Mennonite family. Um, My father was the bishop of the church and I was one of 16 kids. And so I grew up very, uh, very structured religiously. And I just grew up following what I was told. I was, I was just one of these good girls who just did everything she was told. And as I got older, um, even my kids, we took them to Sunday school every Sunday. We just continued the tradition. Uh, my husband went out to work and I was home doing the domestic chores. And it seemed like a sort of a happy life. And when, when my life really started to change is the kids, once I became the empty nester and here the kids had gone off to college and uh, I felt I had done my part as a parent and uh, I had to start looking at myself and what I was going to do. Uh, so I kind of, without telling my family members that I'd start going to breathworks classes with Diana Lelem. I'd start to go to yoga classes. And uh, this was what started me with my waking up process is getting, getting that breath in and out of your body every day. It started to shift things within me because everything that we need is within us, right? So in the Mennonite religion, it was all about this God. And there's just, there was this God outside of us, this mm-hmm. God who was going to punish us if we weren't good. And so I knew that there was not truth to this. It just didn't feel like this was truth to me. 
And so this is, I didn't know it at the time when I was going to yoga classes or going to breathwork classes and that kind of thing. I didn't know what I was searching for. I thought when I was going to yoga classes, it was more physical, which I enjoyed, but I sort of, it sort of went a lot deeper after a while. Um, well, just to make the story short so that I won't give everything away so that you read the book, but um, I was, the kids had left and um, I left my marriage. I left my marriage. I left my family. I made that decision. I moved to BC at the time. I moved there for a whole year. And that's where I found um, Guru Dev. And he is a um, he's a, he's a yogi, uh, one of the yogis from, that came from India back in the 1960s. And he came to speak at a, a function that I went to. And he said that one or a few of you will come to my ashram and live there for three months. And when he said that, because I was in this place of, I didn't know where my life was going. Mm -hmm. I thought he was speaking directly to me. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, when you hear that and you experience that, he is actually expecting, you are being spoken to directly. Yeah. And so for me, I always put action behind things that I felt and heard. And um, so the time came and I, I went to the ashram. I, I went for a 10-day yoga teacher training. And I told Kamini, who is Gurudev's daughter, I told her about this experience that I had that I felt that I was going to stay here for three months. Mm -hmm. And she said, Oh, yeah, you got to trust that you got to believe that. And so I, right away as I was in I had my car packed. Um, just what what I could fit in my car was the only thing I owned at that point. Well, wow. I had left everything else behind. It's just I had this car and all the belongings. And let me tell you, I had a full car. I had so many clothes that I carried with me from place to place. I couldn't <laughs> let them go. I couldn't let them go. I knew I needed this spiritual experience. I needed to me, more than the yoga postures, the yoga postures and the yoga nidras every day, and just the whole lifestyle and the food, um, I ended up spending a total of nine months in the ashram. So it was more than three that I, I needed more. Wow. I needed more. Yeah. And what really changed for me is to listen to the guru, the principles of what yoga really is. And what shocked me is they brought in Jesus. And, you know, I thought I had left all that kind of stuff behind me, the religious stuff behind me. But now I got to see the Bible, Jesus, religion from a different perspective, from a yogic perspective. And all of a sudden, this made sense to me. There's nothing on the outside that's going to make you happy. It's all on the inside. And I realized with the Mennonites, it's all from the outside. We've got to be afraid of this God that's on the outside. They're all waiting. I shouldn't say they're all, but I know uh, this has been thrown at me a few times. Jesus is coming. So they're mm. waiting for Jesus physically to come back to the earth when the yogis, and this is something that I've always felt to be the truth too, even before I heard it from anyone, is that second coming of Jesus is when we all birth the Christ within us. Mm. Now Jesus is all over the earth. That's the second coming of the Christ, but you can't convince them that they, they just still believe that the physical man will come and well, maybe he will too, but that true meaning. And that was like, okay, somebody else believes in what I had been feeling. Mm. And so this drew me in to go deeper into the practices. I, I became very obsessed about it and studying it every single day. And, um, yeah, so that's that's where I came from, and 
just a so, journey back. I had a five-year journey where I was away from my family, away from my husband, and even my kids. And it wasn't a very wasn't all pleasant, let me tell you that. Mm, but mm. um, but I really went deep into this yoga world, into this yoga journey that I was on. So so this I embraced is, it hundred percent. Yeah. So so this is. Uh, I don't even know if it's a fair question, but as you're talking and, and you're saying it was difficult and which often journeys are at, because we're really looking at our, our inner landscape and there's, and, and our beliefs and we come to depend on those beliefs so much. And then suddenly it's like, ah, they're, they're, they don't make sense anymore. Devani, have you ever thought about what would have happened to you had you not gone on this journey? Oh my God, I would be so unhappy mm. because Mary, Carolyn May said this one time, if you want to know how much you've changed, because mm -hmm. people who do leave and go on a journey, you do change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes you do have to leave. She said, if you want to know how much you've changed, go back to where you used to be mm -hmm. and you'll see how much you've changed. Right. And I want to do it without judgment. I can't, I can't say I'm completely there. I still experience some judgment, but mm. um, almost every friend that I had before, I didn't have before, everything that I wanted to do, everything that I thought I wanted, I didn't want that anymore. Right. Everything was literally turned upside down. And wow. then going through that process, and I was going through menopause at that same time, so it was perfect. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you can get through it easier if you do have a spiritual practice every day, if sure. you do the yoga, if you do meditation, you can get through it much quicker. But um, yeah, I, there was a time when I was drinking wine every day. I even thought I was addicted because I couldn't stop. Uh -huh. And it was to the point where I was drinking when I was alone. I, I was drinking it for the reason of I, I couldn't cope with life. It was just right. too challenging to cope right. with. So, and, so you, talk, uh, you talked a little bit about how your, your religious beliefs really shifted. And I, I say that because you really your journey started as a young woman, as a child, young woman uh, in those religious beliefs, but there was a real shift for you to more, uh, uh, to more spiritual beliefs that made sense to you that intuitively you knew were right, mm -hmm. but you needed to have them affirmed. How about things like just your beliefs about yourself and about the world? Like how did they change on this journey? It was really huge because I had to take full responsibility, 100% responsibility for everything that I'm perceiving, everything that's going on in my life. It's nobody's fault anymore. That's mm -hmm. one big thing is it, that changes. I used to blame other people for what was happening. And it's, it's, um, you have to look within, everybody has to look at themselves and what take responsibility for their part and what's going on here. Well, and it's interesting you say that in terms of, uh, blaming other people because when we take on when our beliefs are taken from somewhere else and we're not sure of what our own heart is saying then it's easy to blame other people for what's happening because well that's what they believe it's like well then it's their fault it, we push it out there but but when we do when we're very clear about who we are and our inner essence and what we believe then yes we do have to take responsibility because okay, my beliefs may be similar to someone else's beliefs, but not because that I've appropriated them from them, but because I've really done some soul searching and realized that, you know what, 
I just need to let go of some things mm-hmm. so that I'm clear about what I believe and what my heart desires are and not someone else's. Yeah, that's big. In yoga, I remember, you know, Guru Dev saying, uh, let go of what is going and let come that which is coming. Mm. Like we're trying to stop controlling it. Stop allowing our mind to tell us what to do because our mind will always lie to us, but our body never will. And that's one of the reasons why we do the yoga practices to really go in the body, really feel like I, I am very sensitive to anything that's happening because I've been so in tuned with my own body that I've, you, you practice, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime mm-hmm. you practice something, something, it gets, it gets a lot better. And just that whole letting go and having to let go of people, it's, it's hard. Okay. Is this, is this the direction I'm supposed to go? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is hard because there are some people that just aren't healthy for us and we have to let them go. Yeah. Yeah. Remember if you let it go, if it's meant to be, it will come back your way. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So in this journey, where did it lead you? And, and you talked a little bit about there's some judgment that comes into it, but how did you drop your judgment and just become the curious person that you are now? Well, through this process, I've been introduced to reintroduced to the Course of Miracles because the Course of Miracles, when I had my awakening, that's the first thing that came to me is I was supposed to start reading the Course of Miracles. And I, and I studied it for about four years um, but never, and then after that kind of put it down. And now over last, since last year, I was asked to pick it up again, because to me, the book was channeled by Jesus. It's just Jesus's message in that book. And it's more of the truth that, that I resonate with anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so, all lessons, all things are just lessons that God would have us learn. There is no sin. Right. It's just let's make a correction here. If we, if we've done something, well, let's make amends. It's all about forgiveness. If, to me, that's one area taking the, my via strength, character strength tests, um, spirituality was on the top, but forgiveness was really low on my list. And Mm. I realized, oh my God, I have a hard time forgiving someone. If someone did me wrong, or I thought they did me wrong, I held a grudge and I learned this about myself and I couldn't do this because it was only harming myself. Yeah. Yeah. And when you forgive, um, yeah, you're doing it for the other person, but it's more for yourself. That's right. Definitely that's right. more for yourself. That's right. Because so often me, the other person I've had to do a lot of forgiveness work. Mm. And, and um, often and, it's not the other person's not even aware of what you're holding. So it really is about yourself. Sorry, I cut you off there. Yeah, I know. And you start doing the forgiveness work with someone. And let me tell you, it doesn't take long and they'll they'll call you. They pick up the phone and call you. It's um it's really interesting. We're not the doers. We don't have to do anything. We just have to do our spiritual work and what's in front of us, the forgiveness work, taking responsibility, looking at, you know, what are these things teaching me? Because there's nothing wrong with what's going on. It's just, we're le- we're learning lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, when I picked up the course of miracles, it helped make the whole religion thing. Um, and the yoga thing, it's actually like, it was part of my, um, part of that puzzle. Right sort right. of like, okay, this is the last piece. Okay. That's well, it's interesting. You t- use the word puzzle because often all the puzzle pieces are out there, but it's trying to figure out how do they fit together in a way that makes sense for us? Yeah. So, and, and it's, and it's being open then to what are the opportunities? Maybe talk a little bit about, we talked earlier about invitation 
Tell me a little bit about what you think about invitation or being open to opportunities. Some people would say grace or the things that pass in front of us. You know, there are always opportunities. There are always invitations that come into our life. Yeah, yeah, because everything's happening for a reason and everything is happening for you. So this is where I think we talked about this earlier, but maybe we didn't record it. But um, uh, Michael Singer's book, uh, The mm -hmm. Surrender Experiment. Mm -hmm. And I, that book changed my life when I read it because I'm like, yeah, I just want to stick to my practices and I want to do what God's calling me to do. The, that inner voice, what, where does it want me to go? The Holy Spirit, I call it. The Holy Spirit is the voice. The Holy Spirit is the director, mm -hmm. right? And saying yes to, to whatever comes along. That's why I'm doing this podcast right now because I'm like, yeah, okay. She messaged, I'm saying yes to it. Um, Jordan at the state of health, she asked me if I want to do an Ayurvedic uh, cleanse workshop. And I'm like, okay, I thought I was done with that. Okay, I'm saying yes to it. And now it's back in my life. And, and I'm healthier for it. Yeah. So I'm listening. And I'm just saying yes, to anything that comes along. Unless it obviously, if it doesn't feel right to me, if there's like, sometimes um, there's, there's just, you know, you got to say no to that's right. Exactly. Yeah, love says no to like, that's right. And yeah. I think that the yes is about, let me pay attention to this invitation and see or opportunity or whatever you would call it. Let me, pay, let me pay attention to it. Yes, I'm paying attention. And then be able to discern, okay, is this really for me? Check in your body. It's like, oh yeah, this is, this is what I need to do. It was funny. Um, I love that book as well, The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. And about four years ago, I was just looking for... Um, something extra to do and um a teaching opportunity came up actually what happened was it came to my husband's email and he sent it to me and i deleted it and i just read uh, michael singer's book and i thought okay wait a minute let me just pull that back let me look at it because it's come it came in front of me so when things come in front of me and i notice them i now pay attention to them and and then i look and say okay this is, this is in front of me. Do I say yes to this or no to this? But rather than just being unaware, and I think that's part of the journey too, is paying attention. It's like, what is going on around me? Because there's so much that goes on around us that if we're not aware, we just don't even notice it. Mm -hmm. you no know, people, we become so busy doing things that we can't just be and notice that, oh yeah, there is just an amazing amount of life around us and opportunity and possibility that mm. if we're not aware, we miss it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you need a spiritual practice or something that you're doing on a daily basis or otherwise your mind will just, uh, will just, you'll just control it with the mind and, and discernment too, because um, with technology and the way things are coming, like now that I'm just, just more aware, you're uh, like, I'm getting a lot of texts from advertising and different things like that. Um, my husband sort of just got um, scammed for a little bit of money with the mm -hmm. cryptocurrency and because he had this email come through. And so this is where you need discernment. And I've had a few phone calls come through and immediately I feel it. Like, it's like, nope. Okay. Why, how are these people getting my number? Okay. Yeah. Let's block this number. Yeah. So, um, just saying that there's that, there is this discernment that you need and it can get confusing if you don't have that spirit, if you don't have a spiritual practice 
I don't know how people do it, to be honest. That's right. That's right. So what's your wake up in the morning and uh, surrender your life right away in the morning. The Course of Miracles says, or I should say, Jesus says, um, dear God, I give my life to you to guide today. Where will you have me go? What will you have me do? What will you have me say? And to whom? And I have actually been practicing this for now uh, at least six months where every single morning I wake up and that's the first thing I say. Um, first thing that comes to my mind and that way, that way I put the Holy spirit in charge for the day. And then I just have to respond to what comes along makes Mm -hmm. life so much easier. Well, yeah, it's, it's awareness. It's like when you do that practice in the morning, you're, you're, you're set for the day. It's like, okay, this is, this is the path that I'm going on. I'm aware of it as opposed to being like a zombie or on automatic all day. It's like, okay, here's my to-do list. Like, as opposed to, okay, am I really paying attention to what I'm doing or am I just doing for the sake of doing? So I like that passage from the course of miracles. What, where is that passage? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's in one of the lessons, maybe mm-hmm. 71. I'm not sure to be honest. Okay. I'm going to check that one. I like, I like that one. Um, tell me about your book. How did your book come about? Um, when the pandemic hit, it was almost like, okay, the studio's closed. It was like an opportunity to do it. And I called, um, Melissa McCormick mm-hmm. and she is great on helping Cause I don't know how to write a book. I wasn't even a writer or nothing. And I was like, I, everybody that I told my story to, they were like, you have to write a book. So I knew that eventually I would, but here was an opportunity. I was actually connecting with Melissa because uh, she was doing a book on women, uh, Windsor, women in Windsor business. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I know I got the title wrong. Sorry, Melissa, but um, women in business. Okay. Now it's going to be in my mind, but I connected with her and she could said she could help me with the book. So uh, she's a very reasonably priced as well. So right from start to pu- help publishing it, to editing it, to everything. She was a, like key to me finishing this book. And she really helped me uh, stay accountable. And I wrote it in three months and I just wrote my story, hmm. what I went through, what I learned, where I am now. And people can um, access your book from your website, correct? Yes, it's devaniyoga.com. Okay, great. And I will post that on the uh, podcast site so that people will be able to access your book. And I'll also- and on the top put- bar, on the top bar, it's like literally book. So you just click on book and then that'll bring the book and you can purchase the book there. Perfect. And I'll also put Melissa's um, connection as well, because I know that there are a lot of people out there who- have amazing journeys that I think need to write stories as well. Yeah. 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 And so you need help. Me, yeah. Tell me a little bit about uh, the work that you're doing now. You mentioned the Ayurvedic and. Um, I well, know right now with the Ayurvedic um, consulting that I'm doing, I'm doing cleanses now with people. It's two week cleanses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I supply all the spices, all the food, um, the only thing that you do buy is the fruits and vegetables that you need for the week. So mm-hmm. everything that you need for the two-week cleanse, whether it's a tongue scraper, so there's a routine of what you need to do. And it's good to do a cleanse um, at least once a year. Mm-hmm. Spring is the best time. Mm-hmm. But I've decided now to do it four times a year, every mm. season. 
before every season. That's the best time to do a cleanse. I get people to join me and um, we do yoga together every day. Uh, it's via Zoom, so you can be anywhere in the world. Last year, we had somebody from France uh, join join the group. So oh, cool. And yeah, sending all the food all the way to France. It was during the pandemic and it was a little bit of a delay. <laughs> and, um, so I love doing that. I, when I when I talk about cleanse, like some people might get scared, but it's it's you still get to eat. It's just the Ayurvedic food and there's a certain diet that you have to be strict with and um, you're not going to starve, but at the same time, um, you feel so much better. So anyway, this combined with yoga and yoga nidra, daily yoga nidra, you'll get uh, recordings and uh, so it's recommended during this process that you do two yoga nidras a day. So there's this uh, routine, a schedule that you kind of have to go, go with for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's just two weeks is a good time. I know Dr. Vijay, he's my Ayurvedic um, teacher. And um, he was saying that most people need two weeks to cleanse. He mm. says certain people, you know, maybe you can get away with a week, but to really get um, some benefits, two weeks is a really good time to do something. And then, you know, you're kind of cleansing the week before, and then you're kind of cleansing the week after. So really you're kind of doing a whole month right. of cleansing. Right. And now you're creating habits right now you're creating more healthy habits so things that you even after the month that you've done the cleanse now you can move on so this is the biggest thing i'm doing right now is the cleanses with people great great yeah. and that again people can access that on your website Devani yoga yeah yeah there is a spot under products yeah that um where i'm selling that cleanse okay. yeah great good good um so you're not, you're not actually doing the yoga except incorporating it into the, the Ayurvedic. Yeah, I mean, I'm not teaching at a studio right now, but I do have a couple of private classes going. Okay. So I am teaching yoga. Yeah, that's one thing that came back to me because I kind of let yoga go for a while there um, after the pandemic mm -hmm. and it, after a cleanse, actually, because after you do a two-week cleanse, you get really clear. You get more like, what is the Holy Spirit saying? Like, because we do need to clear out the toxins and get clean mm. sometimes. And mm. um, so after a two week cleanse, I was like, it was so clear that I wanted to do, wanted to teach yoga again. I needed to for other yes. people and for myself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Okay. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much yeah. for joining me. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we end the podcast? Um. Well, I don't know what else to add. Um, I'm just really happy to be here and I'm glad you're doing this. And I, I know that I haven't talked a lot about my journey. So that's just the fact that I'm doing that right now. I know that's going to be a lot more. Um, when you do a regular spiritual practice and you do it at the same time, every single day, I'm telling you, your life shifts, completely shifts. It transforms Yeah, that's, in that's, a good way. That's great advice for people. Okay, well, thank you again. And um, I hope we can get together soon. I'm very interested in the detox because we were just oh. talking about the uh, the soul coaching book by Denise Lynn and that detox. So um, detox has been on my mind for a while. So we'll have to have more conversation about that. Yeah, so absolutely. Thank you and namaste. Namaste.